0: Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message from the Nichols Road campus. For more info, look us up at newdaycommunity.org. All right, well, good morning. I'm very pleased and excited to share the word with you this morning. We are five weeks into our Rooted Sermon Series. And so let's start how we've been starting each week, which is standing and reading aloud our, our text which is Colossians 2, 6 through 10. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built in him. Strengthen in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world, rather than on Christ. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and in Christ, you've been taught to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. Amen. You may be seated. Yeah. We love the word. We love your word, God. Okay, so we've split this into eight sections, and today we're going to zero in on strengthened in the faith. So what that's going to look like this morning is I'm going to spend some time talking about faith in general and then talk about being strengthened in the faith and then talk about as you were taught the faith. So those are the three sections of, of the talk this morning. So first, faith comes from the um greek word pistis which means strong conviction or unwavering okay so faith in the general sense so i'm not even talking about the spiritual sense yet faith in the general sense is placing trust in something or person so faith is placed trust and faith always has an object okay and we all exercise faith constantly, okay? It could be a chair that someone is considering sitting in. Or someone could trust an airplane that they're waiting to board. Or someone could trust their, uh, the person that they're about to marry, okay? So the object of the faith would be the chair, the plane, or the spouse-to-be, And faith also implies action, trust in action, okay? So to truly place our trust in a chair, we must sit down and risk the chairs collapsing. If we trust the safety of an airplane but we never get on board, then we haven't really placed our faith in the airplane. So faith requires an entrusting of ourselves where we risk ourselves to something or person. Now, faith in regards to Christianity. Hebrews 11 teaches us a lot about this. It says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. We learn from this passage that faith is required in order to please God and also that um, faith is believing what you see from a distance whether you receive the promised thing or not. So an example of this would be Abraham, right? His promise that he was going to have as many descendants as the stars in the sky. And he believed that from a distance. What he did see was just his one heir, Isaac. But he, he believed that and and saw it from a distance. Okay, so... Faith is confidence and assurance. So anything that is confirmed by two or three witnesses is considered solid, right? Um, But there were 500 witnesses to Christ's resurrection. Okay, so I just want to point out that we don't have to have blind faith. We don't have blind faith as Christians. We have good reasons, good reasons to believe that Christianity is true, so we actually thoughtfully place our faith and our trust in Jesus. It's not pretending. Faith is not pretending, and it's not belief with no evidence. Okay, I found this to be interesting, so I'm going to share it with you. This is what um, atheists think about religious faith, at least the two guys I'm quoting here. Faith is believing what you know ain't so. Faith is the great cop-out, the great excuse to evade the need to think and evaluate evidence. Faith is belief in spite of, even perhaps, because of the lack of evidence. So these understandings of the Christian faith simply aren't incorrect. There are mounds of compelling evidence, but ultimately it comes down to each individual choosing to accept and receive it. And you got to love a C.S. Lewis quote in a sermon. (laughs) Right, my leaders? Okay. I'm not asking anyone to accept Christianity if his best reasoning tells him that the weight of the evidence is against it. Okay, I feel like I need to read that again. I'm not asking anyone to accept Christianity if his best reasoning tells him that the weight of the evidence is against it. That is not the point at which faith comes in. Faith, in the sense in which I'm here using the word, is the art of holding on to things your reason has once accepted in spite of changing moods. So, faith is the art of holding on to things your reason has once accepted and then acknowledging moods and feelings and things can change. Okay, so as we said, faith has an object. So what is the object of Christian faith? Yahweh. Sorry about that. I don't know what happened there with my slide. Yahweh, the triune God of the Bible, is the object of Christian faith. So we place, our placed trust is in God the Father, that he exists, that he is the creator, that he is the ruler of all things, the provider and giver of eternal salvation through Christ. We place our trust in Jesus, that he is Messiah, that through through whom we receive eternal salvation into the kingdom of God. Amen? We place our trust in the Holy Spirit, that he dwells in us upon salvation and transforms us. He teaches us, comforts us, convicts us, and guides us. So salvation is the result of a person's initial act of faith, their entry into the faith. Okay? Upon salvation, we enter something so big, so beyond us, something that's gone back since the beginning and will continue on, and so we enter the faith. So in that sense, it's, it's very grand, and we come into something. Then there's the sense where it's very personal, too. But we enter, um, that's the first initial act of faith is salvation. And in Romans three twenty-two through 25 says it beautifully. This righteousness, meaning the righteousness of God, is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew or Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. Now, after salvation, Christ follow, as Christ followers, we must continually place our trust in God ongoing the rest of our life, and that's faithfulness. We will have many situations. <laughs> Where exercising belief in God is necessary for us to continue in faith, to continue in the faith, to persevere. So let's talk about perseverance. It's patient endurance. And this faithfulness is absolutely necessary as I've been just reading through the Bible and thinking about this topic There's a lot of verses. One was um, Revelation 14, 12, but a lot of times in Revelation, it talks about the the Christian remaining in Christ through till the end, remaining faithful, not losing hope, not losing faith, and remaining till the end. Perseverance is of utmost importance for us. Perseverance is the Apostle Paul's expressed goal. He says things like, my only aim is to finish strong, and when he was talking about his chains and his tribulations in 1 Corinthians 9, he says, But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy and the, min- and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. I love that. He had his sight set on Perseverance. And for him, he experienced a lot of tribulation, a lot of difficulty. And some of us um, don't. Some of us are going through hard things and tribulations, but some of us, life is pretty mellow. And I'm going to say this morning, perseverance is just as necessary for you. Because when we go through the day-to-day life, we can almost get lulled into a little bit of sleepiness and just going through the motions. And there's something beautiful about routines in the daily life. I'm not saying anything's wrong with that, but I'm saying perseverance and having the mindset of perseverance, whether you're being tried and going through tribulation or whether you know things are going really well, nevertheless, perseverance um, needs to be our primary goal. And it's part of um it's part of the deal with our Christian life is ending well in Matthew 10:22 in regards to persecution Jesus told his followers you will be hated by all for my name's sake but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved how we end is of utmost importance a couple more um verses and points about perseverance if you have your bibles you can turn to Hebrews 3:12
1: through
0: 14 says see to it brothers that none of you has a sinful unbelieving heart that turns away from the living god okay this is talking to someone who didn't persevere or, you know, see to it that you don't. But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ if we hold firmly till the end the confidence we had at first. Hold firmly till the end, the confidence that we had at first. So that means... um, You know, and I actually want to say, this is a big reason why we have our um, weekly gathering as a church family. Have you ever thought about that? Like, why do we do this? One of the biggest reasons is to encourage each other. Stay the course. Kindle the flame that he's lit in you. You know, do not let your love grow cold. Keep prioritizing God in your life, brother, sister, and it's not like we just encourage once and then I'm good for life. You know, we need it daily. And so that is one of the reasons why it's so valuable that we gather. And think about that when you come. There's other reasons why we gather, and obviously it's appropriate. We offer our worship to God and we receive from him. But think about how can I encourage my brother or sisters to stay the course when we gather. Amen. Okay, one more verse on this. Flip now to Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. That's perseverance. For he who promised is faithful, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Consider that for a moment. Think of the person next to you. How might you consider? spur them on toward love and good deeds how could you spur them on <laughs> kathy must must have thought of something funny she's laughing <laughs> how could you spur cameron on toward love and good deeds <laughs> she said keep my keep my mouth quiet oh dear i don't i don't believe it okay let us okay okay we're going back to the word Okay. Hebrews 10, 25. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as we see the day approaching. How many? I mean, this is sad to me, but I've seen, and I'm sure you have too, where you've seen people stop coming to church. They're no longer knit in to a family of believers, and in time, they just fade and wander, and they're not really staying the course anymore with conviction. And and it's so sad, and, and this is why like, we need to meet together to keep reminding each other and encouraging each other to stay the course. Okay, I put some more verses. If this topic is the Holy Spirit's like, ding, 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 um, highlighting it to you, you can study these extra verses, 2 John 1, 8 and 9, and Revelation 2, verses 19 and 25 and 26. They're also awesome passages on this topic. Okay. The next thing we're going to talk about is Jesus. Okay. Jesus, not that we've been avoiding him. So thus far, but, um, okay. So Jesus talked about faith a lot. (laughs) That's where I'm going. Okay. Jesus talked about faith a lot. And so let's learn from Jesus. What impact? faith makes because this is really important for us as we learn more and more about faith. Okay. So this story is Matthew 15, through 28. There's a Canaanite woman. Okay. She's not an Israelite. Um, she's a, or she's not Jewish, you know? So she cries out to Jesus, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon possessed and suffering terribly. Oh, can you imagine as a parent, like when your kid, whoo, Okay, but Jesus just doesn't answer her. Silent treatment. But she persisted, and he answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. Okay, that was the mission that he was at that time, that was his focus, and that's what he was doing. But she knelt, Lord, help me. And then he tells her, It is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. And she said, Even the dogs eat the crumbs that. Wow, what a woman. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. He says, Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. Her daughter was healed that moment. And so, a point that we can learn about um, faith is great faith is humble and persistent humble and persistent. Yes. Matthew seventeen twenty. the disciples are frustrated. They were unable to, to cast a demon out in a, this particular situation. So they come to Jesus and say, well, why weren't we able to drive it out? Jesus replied, because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. So we learn here that faith is required for battling the demonic in the spiritual realm. Right? Because our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against those principalities and powers and we must have faith to engage in that as we um, as we pray and battle. Now, I love this part of the verse here about how um, even the faith the size of a mustard seed can move mountains. And um, I think about it in regards to those of you who have been saved. It's, it's like you, you put forth this little seed and you say, I believe you're God. I surrender. I'll follow you. It's like this just little seed of faith. And then, boom, from that one little bit of faith, all of the angels are rejoicing, and the entire trajectory of your eternity has just shifted from death to life. Now, if that's not a mountain moving, I don't know what is. I love that. Okay, so another thing that Jesus teaches us about faith is in Mark four forty, 40. And um, we learn here that small faith is linked to fear. And when Jesus calms the storm, so there's a terrible storm, right? The disciples are fearful for their lives, very scary. And, and, and um, finally, they wake Jesus up and, and says, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? And so Jesus stands up, and he rebukes the, the wind and the waves, Quiet, be still. And then he said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? So what we can learn here is that as our faith grows, our fears will diminish. Okay, so you can see that playing out in your life. If you have a lot of fear, press into how can my faith grow? Okay, and then the the last one I want to point out here is um, Jesus. Mm. Okay, so Matthew 9, 18 through 38. Jesus is on his way. There's a young girl who is about to die, and he's on his way to minister to her. um, On his journey, there's a woman who had been bleeding for 12 years, and she reaches out and, and touches the edge of his garment, and he says to her, your faith has healed you. And then two blind men, again, on his journey here, they call out for mercy. Jesus, have mercy on me. And Jesus asked them, do you believe I'm able to do this? They say, yes, Lord. So Jesus touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, let it be done. So we see that faith is linked to receiving healing as well. So there's some things I wanted to point out about um, faith and Read the Gospels looking for um, when Jesus talks about faith. There's so many. I just picked a few so we can just begin to get um, an idea of this. Okay, now on to the section of the teaching where we're going to focus on strengthened in the faith. So we've been talking about faith. Now we're going to talk about being strengthened in the faith. So that word strengthened in a lot of translations, it's, it's translated established. And it comes from the Greek word bebaiao, which means to make firm or confirm, so to confirm your establishment in the faith. So when something is established, think about something that's established. It's immovable. It's like solidly in place. You're not just going to easily uproot it. And then if you think about something that's strengthened It's something that has gotten stronger from being worked out. It can withstand a heavier load with greater ease than before. And this is what James is talking about when our faith is tested to produce perseverance in James 1, 3 through 4 and 12. Um, He's saying that our faith will be tested that's going to make us stronger it's going to produce perseverance in us so that we will be perfect and complete that's necessary in our sanctification to make us perfect and complete where we're lacking nothing okay i um i was thinking about how you know when you're strengthened in something and if you if you work out a muscle you actually tear you work it to exhaustion the muscle actually tears and then when it heals it builds back stronger and so that is what is happening and I um, I had this situation it was a bit of a predicament that I got myself and my children into many years ago and we we had crossed this river to swing out on this tree swing into the river it was so much fun it was time to cross back across the river and, and suddenly my children did not have the same gumption as before, and we were going to need to cross back over um, in a little different state than we had had gone over in the first place. So, <clears throat> I, in the middle of the river, to get it i am not a strong swimmer, shall we say? Start by saying that. Um, in the middle of the river, I became very aware. Of how grateful I was that at that moment in my life I was in tip-top physical shape because I was having to last a long time to me this kid that kid me get a little further and it was not going quickly and I just I felt how much energy was being exerted but I was not running out I was like I can go a long time and I realized that and I was so thankful because I knew how much in trouble I would be in that trial if I was not strengthened, okay? And so this is so important that we strengthen our faith and we allow God to strengthen our faith so that we can withstand the things that we face. amen? And, you know, one of the biggest ways that our faith is going to grow is when we get to know God. You get to know who he really is, what his nature is like, and you're like, whoa, and you just you grow in response to that. So Numbers 20, 3 through 5, this is kind of a sad example of the dynamic I'm talking about because it shows the Israelites didn't really know God. Despite all the miracles that he had done thus far, bringing them out of Egypt and providing for them and giving them safety, they, they say to God, why have you brought us and our animals out here to die? There's no figs out here. There's no pomegranates, and there's no water to drink. Now, he had provided water before, but they, their faith hadn't grown in response to, to seeing God for who he really is. And so our faith growing is the, is most appro- is our most appropriate response to God doing a miracle. When he comes through for you, when he answers a prayer, when he sets your friend free, when he heals some, you or someone, the most appropriate response is to allow your faith to grow. I've been really trying to intentionally engage with this lately and not just breeze past a miracle guys. In this church, I'm hearing miracles several every week. God is doing so, so much. And I don't want to just be like, wow, that's so cool, God, and then keep going. breeze past it. And I led our staff through this a few weeks ago. I said, okay, guys, I want you to see your faith, picture your faith, and we're going to close our eyes. We're going to meditate on the miracles that we had just talked about, celebrated, meditate on that, and i want you to literally in your mind's eye see your faith grow let it get bigger in proportion to what god has done to how he has come through again there is something wrong or disjointed if he keeps doing miracles and my faith doesn't grow there's a stunt, there's something wrong like a medically there's like a stunted element that needs healing if that's you guess what you can be healed you you can there's this is not hopeless um, you, can, <laughs> you can grow. And um, this is really cool. One Monday afternoon, I subbed for Kathy Spalding's community group. And I was this sentiment was fresh in my mind, and we were all sharing about how we were growing in the Lord. And so I shared that with them, and we had a great conversation. And one of the gentlemen in the, in the group was stirred by that, and he came back and he rewrote um, the hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness to faith is my gratefulness. Isn't that cool? Faith is my gratefulness. So um, I'll say it this way. A miracle is like God clearing out space before us, driving out enemies of doubt and insecurity. Our best response is to occupy that space with greater faith. A miracle is like God clearing out space before us, driving out enemies of doubt and insecurity. Our best response is to occupy that space with greater faith. And as we get to know him, we're gonna find him to be a covenant keeping God, Genesis 9 12. You're gonna find out that his faithfulness and his love are so humongous. Psalm 57. You're gonna find out that his nature is trustworthy. Psalm 135, and your faith can grow. When our faith is established, we will be able to keep faith in God beyond what might seem like a reasonable time frame for fulfillment. Okay. There's so many examples in the Bible where, where the Bible character had faith, but it went to what in their mind was a reasonable time frame. Think of Sarai and Abram. They believed for a while, and then this isn't happening. So here, take Hagar, my servant. Abram thought, oh, he agreed, okay. And that, that wasn't what God was going to do to fulfill his promise. But their faith didn't last all the way. Rebecca does the same thing where she's given a promise about Jacob, but she forces that promise through sinful means, through sinful acts and through deception. It was in her time frame. It It was in her way to bring that about, and that is not the kind of faith we're talking about. So I want us to put our faith in God and his promises, but not latch on to a specific time frame, nor a particular way that God will carry out his faithfulness. So my favorite example in the Bible, the, my prototypical example for how to p- do this very thing, place your faith in God without latching onto the time frame, without latching onto the way, is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So Daniel 3, 15, 17 through 19 through 18. Um, We have King Nebuchadnezzar who has erected this humongous statue of himself and said, everyone bow to me, you know, bow to it. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, followers of God, you know, they're not going to bow to any other god. And so um, they, you're going to be thrown in the fiery furnace, the king tells them. And they tell the king, Uh, Or And the king says to them, what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? You know, he says, what God's going to be able to rescue you from my hand? And this is their response. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. There's the faith. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand, extra faith. But even if he does not, not latching onto time frame, or way We want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. So I rephrase this for our purposes, and it might sound something like this. No matter what difficulty we face, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. But even if he doesn't remove the difficulty, we want you to know, O devil, that we will not serve any other God, nor go along with the lies you have set up. (laughs) You guys want to say that? Proclaim that? Let's say it together. No matter what difficulty we face, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. But even if he does not remove the difficulty... We want you to know, oh devil, that we will not serve any other God, nor go along with the lies that you have set up. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Okay. Okay, so here's a beautiful example of faith that did last, and it's David. David had faith in God's timing to carry out the promise that he would be the next king. In 1 Samuel 26, 9 through 11, um, there's an opportunity where David could have killed Saul. But David said to Abishai, Don't destroy him. Who can lay a hand on the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? As surely as the Lord lives, the Lord himself will strike him, or his time will come and he will die, or he will go into battle and perish. And you can see that David has thought through all the options of how God might do it. But, Lord forbid that I should lay a hand on the Lord's anointed. Now get the spear and the water jug that are near his head and let's go. So David didn't put a time frame or a particular way God was going to carry out the promise, but he knew that God would and God did Okay, so the last portion here is as you were taught. So um uh so what the um the author is saying here is be strengthened in the faith as you were taught. So be strengthened in that original faith that you were taught, not some variant or change. Okay, so that is the faith that we're um being strengthened in the one that he taught them originally. But what I feel led by the Holy Spirit to highlight to you this morning is to ask you, when were you taught the faith? When were you taught the faith? Was it since childhood? Is it more recent, you know, in the last couple of years or maybe the last couple of months? Jewish readers would have been taught this faith from childhood. Some of you, that's the same. Gentile readers would have been taught more recently. And so if, the, if you are in the category that you've been taught this since childhood, hear this word. It's vital that you make the faith your own. It's appropriate to depend on a parent's or a mentor's faith until a certain age. Then your personal devotion to God must become your own. Joash and David are, a, are a, um, an example of seeing two ways this can play out. Joash did what was right in the eyes of the Lord all of the years that Jehoiada, the priest, instructed him. His dedication to God was not his own. He was riding on his mentor's faith and dedication to God. Let's not do that. Continue to receive from your mentor, but make sure it's your own. Is it your spouse that you're just relying on your spouse's faith or grandparents' faith? Make it your own. Whereas we have David, David who it says in Psalm, um, the verses are up there. You can take notes. Yet you brought me safely from my mother's womb and led me to trust you at my mother's breast. There's another place where he says, I serve you as my mother did. And so he grew up having that, that, that knowing. He was in the field, writing his own songs to God. He made it his own. And so that's what I want to encourage you to do. Or maybe you're hearing... Um, the word of God more recently. I want you to know that um, Jesus uses the example that our hearts are like different types of ground for the seed of his word to grow in. So I want you to be aware that your heart is some type of soil. And Matthew 13, 3-8 eight and 18-23 through 23 talk about that. So these are the four types of ground. There's the path. And it's, well, first of all, how many of you would say more recent within the past several years or maybe even the past like five years that you have come into the faith or you've learned about the faith? Okay. All right. And those listening on the live stream and hearing this later, this word is for you. So the path is when when you hear the word of the kingdom but you don't understand it, So the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in your heart. Okay, so when you're hearing something, pursue the understanding. Pray for the Holy Spirit to give you the understanding. Seek help to get the understanding Um, so this isn't you. Then we have the rocky ground, and this is when you hear the word and you receive it with joy. So excited at first, but there's no root. So you only endure for a little while, then... tribulation or persecution comes because the word and you stumble somebody starts making fun of you because you you know read the bible now and you're a christian well then and then you stumble here or there's um the seed that falls among thorns when you hear the word but the cares of the world the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word and you become fruitless So be aware, am I consumed with the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth? That can be a choking of the seeds sown in you. Or there's good soil. Where you hear the word, you understand it, it takes root and it produces fruit and an abundant crop. And so we see that the seeds on the path, rocky ground, and among the thorns were never firmly established. They were never rooted properly properly which is what our theme is. And so we want to focus on being rooted properly. So I bless you to cultivate the good soil in your heart so that the seed can take root and grow strong and bear fruit in your life. So in closing, these are just some reflection questions. You can take a picture of it and reflect later um, with your community group or your family. Um, But who or what is the recipient of your faith? In what way... Is your faith being strengthened? Are you determined to persevere to the end? How can you encourage your church family to stay the course? Do you need to make faith in God your own? Is the seed of God's word growing into good soil in your heart? Cameron?
1: All right, so just take a moment, let's not rush out of here, and reflect on that, because this applies to each and every person, whether you're a brand new Christian, or you've been serving the Lord for many decades, as I have. Um, You know, we all need to continue to be strengthened. It's not something you stop. If you stop exercising, you become weak and frail. And um, in these ways, we need to to strengthen, to nurture, to pay attention. And Mary done an excellent job at highlighting different ways that we do that. Uh, encouraging one another, encouraging yourself in the Lord, um, making your faith your own. What does that mean? What does that look like? Uh, h- how do you grow a seed? You know, if you don't know, uh, get some soil, buy some seeds, and figure it out. It's harder than it looks. It's easy to kill a, a little plant. And then, and then take those lessons and translate them into your spiritual growth and nurturing your faith. Yes, yeah, so let's just uh, close in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that uh, we receive faith as a gift, but then you command us to cause that to grow, to exercise it, to walk in it, to be strengthened in it. And I pray that each and every individual that's hearing these words would uh, receive that challenge and would respond wholeheartedly to exercise and strengthen their faith. Father, we want to be people of faith. Uh, You said, Lord Jesus, your own words was, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith? And Lord, we want to be faithful to the end so that you see us and say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the rest and so, Lord, thank you for the gift of faith and help us each exercise it uh, persistently and, and, and well in Jesus' name. Amen.